The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.17, you're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today the 3rd of October, and this morning we have with us guests from the Murphy's Bros City Schools. We have Communications Director Lisa Trell and also Tori Carr with us this morning. How are both of y'all doing? We're good. Are you good? <laughs> it's fall break and we're on a radio show. It's great. <laughs> Couldn't be better. That, Couldn't that's be right. better. Couldn't be better. I don't know why our... Radio shows always fall on holidays, but they sing too, and we're happy to be here. (laughs) So all the kids are out of school this week. Well, a lot of them are, but uh, we have probably over a thousand students in our ESP program doing camps and other fun activities going on. So um, there there is no official school, but ESP obviously helps our parents tremendously with weeks that maybe we're off, but they aren't off, and the activities going on in those schools are just, it's it's like summer camp <laughs> so about a thousand kids that's a lot yeah yeah well, and what is the total student population right now for the city schools it's 9352 something right give so or take five right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I mean compared to let's say last year the year before how much has the city schools how much have the city schools grown we have actually been pretty steady over the last two years as far as growth. We've had to control some of it because we had uh, so many of our schools with um, some crowding issues. So we've done a couple of things like we opened our pre-K this year um, over off of Case and Lane and that gave eight uh, room capacities for other uh, students in the schools. Uh, we've done some combining of uh, classroom six grades. six grades and things like that but it's we're holding steady we're obviously growing because of Murfreesboro uh, but we haven't had that exponential increase that we'd had in several other years mainly because of some of the things we were doing inside of our schools so when you look at the different grades within the city school system are there certain grades that are growing faster than others Ooh, I haven't looked at I that attendance at that in a while um, I know for a while our like fourth grade was it the ones that are fourth grade now started out but I I don't you know I don't know my my guess would be second grade but that's only a guess and I will find that out for you (laughs) (laughs) because I I know the county schools they recently talked about how some of their fastest growing student body counts are in i believe middle school yes absolutely because we feed right into them <laughs> and there's a lot of new homes going up uh, in murfreesboro and all throughout rutherford county now for those who live just barely outside the city limits do some of those kids go to city schools as well we do have some uh, we have a couple of areas that are dual zone that uh, parents can choose between murfreesboro city and the county but they all live inside the city Uh, but there's a county school nearby. So that's a little bit different than the county coming in. So most uh, of Murfreesboro City School students are from the city of Murfreesboro. We'd have some, you know, like our our faculty brings their children with them and things like that. But a um, few exceptions probably in each building. Mm -hmm. 
Now, coming up, I know the City Schools Foundation is putting together a big tennis tournament. It's a a fundraising effort, and money from that goes where, and and when is all this going to take place? We do. This is the first year we've ever had a tennis tournament, we wanted to do something different. We have, in the past, had the back-to-school dash, Um, so really wanted to look outside of our what we've done in the past and do something that the community is looking forward to and that's a tennis tournament it's a doubles tennis tournament so you have to play doubles there's no singles you can play doubles with men so two men two women or our co-ed so mixed doubles and that's coming up halloween weekend the 27th and 28th of october uh, we will do the mixed doubles on friday night and we'll do the um men's and women's doubles on Saturday and this is at Adams Tennis Complex. I do want to add it is an adult only tennis tournament. 18 plus. 18 plus so there are no middle schoolers allowed no high schoolers allowed it is 18 and older. Yeah and that really was to not we you know a lot of the tennis teams in the high schools have tennis tournaments too and so we don't want to compete with those with those students or those high schools um and that's the reason behind that so it's an 18 plus uh, doubles tennis tournament and we are looking really it's going to be a lot of fun and our sponsorship they came in so quickly this time so we knew by that that it was the right thing to do now we're looking for all those players to sign up and get out there it's a level-based tennis play so uh do you play tennis, Scott? I, I don't. Okay. I, you know, I, I took tennis lessons when I was a kid, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, I never really got into it. Well, level base just means that you're going to be playing against someone similar to you. So you're not going to have a um, someone who plays every day at playing against someone like me so that I, plays every once in a while. against somebody who can't play at all. You <laughs> would be. You would be. And if we have enough of you out there, we're going to have a beginner. <laughs> So it depending, you know, you can play with any tennis skill is pretty much what we're saying, that we're not going to put you against that highest ranking and just get defeated the first time out, (laughs) (laughs) which is really hard. (laughs) Now, because it's taking place on Halloween weekend, are are folks dressing up in any costumes when they play or anything? That would be fun. I think think we did talk about that with um, our tennis chair. Um, we talked about a costume contest. <laughs> we'll see how they show up. <laughs> now, uh, money raised, you know, during this whole event. Tell us more about how that is used. Uh, well, the foundation itself is very unique to Murfreesboro City Schools. There's There are foundations across Tennessee, but with ours, we are so proud of what they do. They Every money, every dollar they raise... Um, goes brought back into the classroom through classroom grants or through parity dollars so right now is the time of year that uh, our teachers have applied for those grants um, and now we'll be awarding those grants so whatever money we raise for our fundraiser goes straight into the dollars that we were able to give out the following year so this year we're spending money that we raised last year Um, and this year we had the most grant request that we've ever received since i've been there maybe prior to me uh there was a few but i i don't think so based on just my my background knowledge so we had 115 grants mm-hmm. is that right yes that's and right and it was over i think over five hundred thousand dollars yeah wow. and it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> so these grants these are written by the individual teachers they mm-hmm. come up with maybe let's say a, a new idea for the classroom and they need whatever it is they need, and they'll write the grant and give that proposal to the City School Foundation. That's right. So they write the grant, and it can be a group of teachers. We do see a lot of those that are coming together, like a fifth grade 
group of teachers or a STEM grouping of teachers. So it's not just for one classroom, it can be for multiple classrooms, but it could be for just a single classroom as well. And it really is something that is outside of what our tax dollars would pay. So it's outside of curriculum, it's outside of field trips, it's outside of all of these things. It's really those unique ideas they're trying to bring to the classroom to gain those hands-on learning experiences for our students. So we do see a lot of STEM uh, or that science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, we have uh, quite a few music, uh, just in enhancing the music uh, that's offered in our schools. Uh, last year we awarded uh, quite, I would say 12 of our grants last year were for social emotional mm -hmm. uh, just needs that are in those classrooms just to help calming corners. Uh, we. One was a calming pup. Yeah, calming <laughs> pup, which is kind of a weighted pup that the children could go and just kind of uh, nestle with whenever. Um, like like a fake puppy, I guess. Yeah, yes. okay. yeah, just something to calm the children. And so it's a reward instead of a punishment. Like, hey, you need to be able to self-calm, and here's a way of doing so. And here's the area in the classroom that, and I think this pup specifically, I think the teacher put it in the corner and it could say, hey, you know, you need a little bit of a break. Why don't you go over there mm -hmm. and like you said the reward of just holding that weighted animal would just calm those kids down mm -hmm. hey. but that was our smallest grant uh -huh. we awarded last year so that and i think that's reason tori and i remember it so well because oh this was this was it this is what you <laughs> needed okay we're happy to <laughs> and do i it. did follow up and she said the students this year still love it and use it and it's been a huge yeah. blessing for her classroom so the, where do teachers get ideas for things like that because i've never heard of a, a calming pup so oh, all you have do to do is this? sit down with the teacher they have ideas <laughs> they have so many ideas Lots of google <laughs> yeah they do a lot of you know just conversations between themselves on what's working for one classroom and not working for another or ideas that come up during uh conferences or um, I'm going to go with lots of teachers have Pinterest boards and there's a lot of teacher to teacher conversations that go on um, and then there's just things where they go wow if I just had this I could do so much more. And we see that with the music a lot. We've, we've funded ukuleles. We've funded p um, keyboards in the past. Um, last year, we funded, as well as the Richard Siegel Foundation, a sound studio so that students could come in and they're making their own beat and they're able to do their own music and actually record that and come out with a recording of what they have created. And that is really, really cool. That um, that school specifically did. So it's just your normal sound studio and it has a microphone, but, um, the teacher had each class in each grade perform a song. And so they wrote them, they wrote the lyrics, they, um, came up with the Music. beat, mm -hmm. the court, everything. And so then they published it for the families to be able to hear. It's wild to see how far along we've come in the schools and with music because it used to be each kid learns how to play the recorder. Mm -hmm. And then that that was that. You know, mm -hmm. there, there was nothing more to it. But Think if you got to learn how to play the ukulele. Like, yeah. How, how much cool. fun is that? It, it's really changed a lot. It really is. And music and math go hand in hand. That brain power, um, we don't want to... Um, you know, take away that music because it really does help our brains to connect and many people connect through that music. So like Tori was talking about their writing, um, their writing lyrics. So that's, 
that's your English language. They are creating a beat, and so that's part of your math. There's just so much to be offered. And our, I have to say, our music teachers are fabulous. They are so talented talented and creative and they they're able to take what they already know and do for a living and just make children uh love music um we just I'm, i'm amazed at the talent we have so through projects like this where a teacher brings in ukuleles for kids to learn how to play how often does the teacher find that somebody they never expected all of a sudden has this great talent for music and they pick it up right away, whatever the instrument is, and they, they soar with it? You know, that's a, that's good a question. great question. I'm <laughs> we'll have to have a music teacher on with us next time. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I... I've wondered that with art, too. Just when a kindergarten, a new student sits down and the teacher is just blown away, like wow, you can really draw or color. And I'm sure it happens, probably more often than what we actually realize. Probably so. Um, our, in fact, our art teachers, when we talk about talent as well, um, their art is on display at City Hall right now. <clears throat> and um, when we were hanging it, Tori and I, got the, we, we hang that art, and we were just blown away by it. We're like, wow, this is... You, we just see them as art teachers. We forget that they're also artists. <laughs> and um, and um, I know Mr. Popovich at Case and Lane, his really stood out. Um, and I think it was because of the detail. And it was, you said that he was at Disney World mm-hmm. in Animal Kingdom and actually drew one of the performers with color pencils. And he said it took... 60 hours, yeah, I think. a long time. Um, is this an art teacher? It is an, an art, art teacher. teacher. Okay. And then... The, at Case and Lane. The art teacher at Reeves actually so on display right now is hand-sewn baseballs so she got baseballs donated donated un took them apart dyed the them leather cover the, le- the, the leather, leather cover up took them apart dyed them sewed it back together and made an american flag and it took i think she said 40 to 45 hours wow yeah just for one baseball um uh, it's a, just for one flag okay oh um, multiple, so multiple baseball, baseball, gotcha. baseball multiple baseballs but, <laughs> yes. but she just the process and the donations but you know our art teachers they're artists too and they are amazing. They probably have larger Pinterest pages, too. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> they have a lot of activities. <laughs> Again, with us this morning from the Murfreesboro City Schools, Tori Carr and Lisa Trail. And we're going to take a short break right now, but we'll be right back. Time right now, 831. You're listening to WGNS on the air since 1947. Hi, this is Dan at Music World and Drummer's Den. We have guitars. We have more guitars than just about anybody in town. We have electric guitars, acoustic guitars, ukuleles, all stringed instruments. We have banjos, violins. We've got it all. And you say, oh, well, what else do you have? Well, it turns out we have keyboards as well. Do we have drums? We are Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Paul has reason. Soon I will satisfy my thirst for a win. And there is only one way to do it. By playing the new October instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Fly by your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer for some instant fun. I'll meet you there. You can count on it. (laughs) With October instant games, you could sink your teeth into top prizes of up to $500,000. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. CBS News Brief. Texas Congressman Henry Cuellar's gotten his car back after he was carjacked at gunpoint while he parked outside an apartment building in Washington, D.C. 
WUSA-TV's Jess Arnold. His team said that he was actually parking his car when three men with weapons approached him and demanded his vehicle, which he, of course, then handed over. Now, inside of that vehicle was also his phone, iPad, luggage. Congressman Matt Gates taking the first step to try to strip fellow Republican Kevin McCarthy of his leadership role. Resolved that the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant. Lawmakers have 48 hours to hold a full vote in the House. The trial of a fallen crypto king begins in New York today. Legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. This is a criminal trial against the hype created by cryptocurrencies as much as it is a prosecution of Sam Bankman-Fried. He's accused of defrauding investors and customers out of billions of dollars. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We'll see sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 80s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 60. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.34, you're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, and our guests today are from the Murfreesboro City Schools. We have Lisa Trell and Tori Carr with us, and before that break, we talked about the upcoming tennis tournament that's being put together by the City Schools Foundation, and uh, if anybody listening wants to be a part of it, can they do that? Yes, they can. Um, I think we, we mentioned this earlier, you can be a beginner tennis player or expert tennis player. We are taking everyone. Um, but you can go on the City Schools Foundation Facebook page to register. There's a link several for every other post about, as well as cityschools.net. Um, we have a post about the foundation on our website. But I would say go to our Facebook page. You can get all of all of the information that you need the dates the pricing the links um we also highlight our sponsors um i will spotlight our premier radiology dr matt layman is our ace sponsor um and so our sponsors are listed on there and we can thank them and we encourage our community to thank them as well for supporting this tennis tournament and our foundation and it, it is a utr tournament so People who do play tennis know that that UTR, if they have already a UTR um, um, membership, they can go and just search the UTR website for City Schools Foundation, and it will pop up. And again, the money raised for this, it goes into a special fund where local teachers are able to write grant proposals and uh, possibly get money to buy whatever is needed for their classroom. That's right. It does go straight back into the classrooms, and it really is an awesome way for our teachers to enhance their classrooms, uh, to bring um, just great ideas and activities uh, to bear in our with our students. Very cool. Now, going back to what you were talking about when we first got on the air, and that is about 10% of the total number of students are at the ESP program during fall break. Mm-hmm. That That's a big number. 
Uh, it is, and I said that off the top of my head. I probably should have looked at that registration. It may be higher than <laughs> ESP may be yelling at me right now saying, no, there's a lot more than that. <laughs> and that is something that students or parents had to register their student in advance. So you couldn't just show up to school and drop your kid off for ESP. Um, it is at uh, just a couple of different sites. Um so we can condense those mm -hmm. schools and for staffing purposes. I'm not sure if this is MTSU fall break as well, but I don't think so. We do try and yeah. watch that staffing to make it easier yeah. on them. So it's a snow locations. That's what we call it. Um, anytime we have to, we're open whenever there's not going to be that full day in, we do combine those locations. So like, um, so it's at five schools, like overall, <clears throat> excuse me, overall Creek would be going to uh, Salem or vice versa, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just a great program for us to have and, and we've always been so fortunate to have that ESP program I know as a parent it saved me whenever my child was in school because I couldn't get there to pick her up at 3 30 um it and, saves me every day <laughs> saves, that's right Tori has Tori uses it as well so as parents it's really nice to know and we have other um organizations throughout our city that do a great job for after-school programming mm -hmm. as well so um it between all of us i think we're able to cover the majority of students who really need that after school uh programs uh boys and, and girls club and mm -hmm. things like that and it's i just would say great. the enrichment part two through our esp um i mean my daughter comes in all every single day she is making something new in esp and they're working on different crafts and activities and clubs and just all of their enrichment. Um, I will say that they're always hiring. They are. Um, and the starting pay is $14.70. And you get paid more if you work in the morning. But you also, if you are an education major, you get $500 tuition reimbursement up to eight semesters. Oh, wow. And that is in the spring and the fall. So Potentially, you could get $1,000 a year in tuition reimbursement. Now, during the school year, uh, are there just as many kids who participate in the ESP program? Uh, are we talking over 10%? Oh, yes. There's, oh, a, there's a, lot. a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> the schools are, I mean, they are packed. And I know my daughter's school is a 2.30 school. So, obviously, I do not get off at 2.30 or before to be in line at pickup. And when I get her after work i mean the parking lot is full and packed and kids are there's a lot of kids there now also coming up you have uh, parent teacher conferences i believe we do we have the student-led conferences that are coming up on october the 16th so right after we get back from fall break we'll have a week and then we have those parent uh teacher conferences we call them student-led conferences because it allows not only the parent and the teacher to be there but also the student to say what am i learning what am i this is what i'm doing this is what i'm learning this is where i'm struggling and helping them identify with their parents is where where do we need have you know, have a few needs at home. Um, it's just a wonderful uh, way of doing parent-teacher conferences. We began that with Dr. Gilbert years ago, and um, just very unique to hear the students' perspective in this. And I think the students take pride in showing their parents mm -hmm. their classroom and their the work that they are getting to do. Mm -hmm. And, of course, this is a different approach because a lot of schools don't do it that way. It is literally just a parent-teacher conference. Yeah, I think that it really is uh, taking on across the nation as, as a new way of doing those parent-teacher conferences because having that student involved does make a difference. It, makes a, it just really changes 
engages the conversation and allows us to focus really on what we should be focusing on, which is the student and their successes or their needs. And again, this is something that uh, Ms. Gilbert started. What other things did Dr. Gilbert start that are still in play today? Oh, wow. There's um, a whole list. Yeah, there's a whole list. She's been, she was in education for, I guess, her whole life for the most part. Or I think her whole so. Adult mm-hmm. life. Uh, her, yeah, I think so. I think um, something I think of as our book bus. Yeah, that's is that what you're thinking? Um, mm-hmm. That is still very, very successful. The students love it. And I think our community loves it. Yeah. Um, so. Anytime we have a book drive, we get tons of books and we're always accepting books for the bus. And seeing the kids get on there and pick out a new book whenever it rolls by their house or their school is incredible. So the book bus going out in different neighborhoods and everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it goes to our schools during this time of year. Uh, during the summertime, it's going to neighborhoods. It does a lot of community events. Um, it's It just has been a successful program. Now, the bus is getting a little old. <laughs> we may have to get a new bus soon because it was a retired school bus, and that retired school bus has been kicking along since a uh, couple years now. <laughs> seven or eight more years than it was supposed to kick. So uh, that is one of those things that we have to look at and say, okay, now how long, how long can we keep this bus going? So the concept itself, though, will continue on. Um, and it's a great program and it really was the vision of Dr. Gilbert. And again, I look at it and think a lot of these things come through um, grants. And that was one that was a grant as well. I think that was a Richard Siegel foundation mm-hmm. grant and then the city schools foundation helped with parts of it. And then maybe, um, Oh, I'm sorry. There's another, there maybe Christy Houston as I, it well. Was Christy Houston, yeah. Yes. So I'm like, how, there was several people coming together to make the book bus start running and we may have to do that again. I just keep <laughs> looking at that bus going, you've got this, you've got this. And it is know. cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a good example of the community coming together to support our schools mm-hmm. um, when we do have these ideas and we do have these needs. So just like the foundation is able to support Murfreesboro City Schools with mm-hmm. our funds raised. And, you know, we've been talking tennis, but if you look at the tennis courts at Case mm-hmm. and Lane and Irma Siegel, they have just been resurfaced and are multi-surface courts now. Multi-sport courts. Multi-sport surface courts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank <a> you. <laughs> yes. So we have pickleball on them and tennis and basketball and foursquare. Four mm-hmm. And that was through a grant through the Tennessee, uh, the diabetes um, Tennessee State Diabetes So do grants. all the schools have tennis courts? No, they do not. But there's five of them that do. And so this grant uh, over the next two years, so we already have two of them going, Case and Lane and Siegel, and they are, I'm talking community, packed, packed on them all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> uh, weekends, you can't find a space on them. Um, the other three schools are Discovery, Reeves Rogers, and Mitchell Nelson. So those are ones that were, a tennis court was put there years and years ago. Uh, they're really the they really need some enhancement. So that grant was for five schools and we are working towards getting all five of those updated with the same type surface that's going to last a long time. And again, grants are, are what gives us those extra boost to get things done that we could not do otherwise. And there are a lot of grants out there, I'm sure, for a lot of great things that you guys can take advantage of each year. We yes, we are always we looking for grants. <laughs> now we had a question here. It says, is the bus situation fixed? And I don't really know what that means, but... I think I do. 
Okay, so the bus situation. <laughs> I think they're talking transportation and not Bob the Book Bus. <laughs> um, so transportation is something that is ongoing. Um, it's happening across the nation. Uh, we have less bus drivers and more bus riders than ever before. We have been so fortunate in the fact that we have not had to down a bus route uh, this year. Not we, saying we won't ever do it, but we haven't yet, and hopefully we won't. We well, won't this week. We so won't this one week. more week. We're down. We're <laughs> ready we to do, go. We do count it on a regular basis. Like, okay, are we are we good? So uh, what's happened, and it's been really big in the news, um, is just the inability to have those buses everywhere they need to be. Um, not just for us, but for again, this is a national pro- problem. Um, we haven't downed a a transportation route yet uh so far we haven't had that many late buses so mm-hmm. i I, keep, I hate to say these out loud because every time i say this, this is going to happen but we really do uh have really done a lot to try to minimize the effect it's going to have on our parents so we did broaden our parent responsibility zone this year when we started back to school we went from a half a mile to 0.75 miles mm-hmm. a point seven five tenths of a mile that if you live within that n- distance of a school it is a parent's responsibility of getting those children to school we did look at that to make sure they had safe walking conditions and um, things like that so if it's across a four lane and you're only 0.4 miles that's different you know so it, it really we did look at that we changed the bell time for case and lane because a lot of our late buses were on that west side causing them to be late on the north side because of traffic um so case and lane is now an 8 30 school instead of a 7 30 school um we have been hiring and um drivers as as much as, as we much can. as we can we train our own drivers we have a bus aid on all of our routes um, we're doing everything to retain and to recruit new bus drivers. So with the, that, that's a we long, are <laughs> hiring bus drivers. We are hiring bus drivers. And that's a long answer to say the transportation, we have more than a Band-Aid on it, but it's not going to be fixed for a while. We have to get more drivers that have their CDL license and want to drive a school bus. So every bus driver you hire, you have to also have a bus aid as well that you hire they do have a bus aid um and the bus aides a lot of time are in training to be a bus driver so um which helps the driver tremendously the driver can concentrate on one stop at a time and the aide can make sure that everybody's in their seat and their backpacks are where they need to be and all that so uh and we have again we've a lot of our bus drivers are on their second career as a bus driver so we do have you know a couple that are retiring soon and with those we have some new people that have been hired so we're always looking at it our transportation department does a great job of trying to stay on top of it but i would not say it's fixed but we are certainly keeping our eye on it now unlike the county schools and i know we mentioned this before Mm -hmm. The city schools, they own their own buses. That's right. We do own our own buses, and uh, so our drivers are our employees. It probably makes it easier in in some situations. Absolutely. It absolutely does. (laughs) And whenever the job market, because, you know, our unemployment rate's around 2.7%, but when it's that low, it's hard to find any employees, you know, be it teachers or bus drivers. That's right. So that's what we're feeling right now. I will add um, that... For the bus drivers who we hire, we do have sign-on bonuses. We also have lots of additional bonuses throughout um, safe driving reports, good reports, um, accident-free, however you want to state that. But safe driving, show up to work, and 
becoming a bus driver and you get lots of bonuses. <laughs> you can tell Tori's been great. doing some HR ads. Major <laughs> ads on this. <laughs> you can become a bus driver today. <laughs> today. Bus today. Driver. But we do train. We do train our and bus I think drivers. That's huge. I don't I mean, I'm not familiar with lots of other driving experiences, but for me to say, yep, I want to do it. I want to get my CDL and I could if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) The the next uh, text here also about buses. It it says, I was recently on Cason Lane and got stuck behind a bus, and the bus was actually stuck in traffic because a moving truck was blocking Cason Lane, and the bus driver sat there patiently for almost 30 minutes, but I just appreciate the way they handled it. Oh, yay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you to our patient bus drivers. I will say, you know, a lot of times when when we get the calls that we have to make to parents that says, hey, your bus is going to be late, 90% 90% of the time it's due to traffic and mm-hmm. it's due to wrecks or, you know, just like or that. Or moving they're, trucks. Yeah, or, or moving, moving trucks. trucks blocking just, case mm-hmm. and lane. And well, you think there are those houses and they got to move too. Well, so. You know, there, there's so many roads now in Murfreesboro that are lined with trees on either side or trees in the middle and the houses on the other side and there's no passing lane. And so that has got to make it tougher for school bus drivers in some of those neighborhoods. I think that, yes, it we does. are seeing that. And we're also seeing some construction in the, a lot of the neighborhoods where the construction vehicles are blocking our routes. So um, I give, you know, just kudos to those bus drivers because they are patient and they are on the radio saying, I can't I can't make a left turn because there's a concrete truck here mm-hmm. or I can't do this because of that. And the whole time they're also trying to make sure that the kids are safe on the bus. So it's not just getting behind a wheel and, and dropping off. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different chaos that goes on uh between you know our city because we are a growing city which is wonderful but and we also you know if there's an accident on one road that'll change their direction for it it does cause delays our so our buses the seven the early schools will pick up for the 730 schools and then go to the 830 schools Mm -hmm. so they do have to make it from overall creek to the other side of town some mornings and i think we all know that that is sometimes a little bit harder to do in the morning. <laughs> so when you have a bus that is stuck because of, of traffic or some road situation, and they're 30 minutes late to dropping off the kids, the parents are probably panicked, you know, wondering, well, did my kid even get on the bus? <laughs> what phone calls go out or what phone calls have well, to go well, out? Well, first of all, we have a tracking app. Yes. So uh, parents can download an app and watch their bus. That makes a so, huge difference. Uh, yes. It does. So you can tell where your bus is, if it's sitting still or if it's moving, if it's five minutes late, or if it's on time. And that app is used a lot by our parents. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate when parents use that because it keeps them from getting in that panic mode. But for parents that don't have that app, we do, uh, if it's over 15 minutes late, uh, Tori or I will call those parents and let them know that, hey, if your child's on a bus right now, they're going to be a few minutes late. Don't don't panic. We're good to go. That, that's another full-time job then. Just uh, it really, it really is not. It's we are, not we are so uh surprised we can tell when it's a bad uh traffic day by the many the number we have to call but it's typically one or two a week it's not they they stay on time and the transportation department does monitor the traffic as well so if they (laughs) see traffic on church street they'll radio and let their other drivers know hey you might want to go ahead and take a different Mm -hmm. route and then they'll radio that back to the office as well so they're able to see all the buses where they are in real time Mm -hmm. as they're going to different homes and, and yeah. whatnot okay all of our buses you can track them by the app and we also have um video recordings on our buses so we make sure everything is safe and that um 
it's it's actually they the transportation department is just a logistical whiz they are doing <laughs> great things and our drivers you know i think that if you ask a driver what was the most aggravating part of their job they would say the people who pass them whenever the arm is going out you know, you know that I extra two that. seconds that you gain is not worth risking a child's life mm-hmm. and that's that is probably when you talk to our drivers if you want to make them if you really want to get their blood boiling <laughs> it is about the number of cars that will consistently do that last minute pass when they've already put their the bus arm out and i think and, that's you know we have the aides and the drivers for that reason as well that they are constantly watching the outside perimeter of the bus mm-hmm. too and our SROs are great and our Murfreesboro Police Department, when we get those areas that do that, because it tends to go in certain areas, they'll watch our buses and they're watching those videos mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're going to get those drivers because that is, it's just, it's just dangerous and it's not worth a child's life for a child, for, a, for you to gain 30 seconds in your destination. So are there videos on the bus that can capture cars that do drive past them whenever that arm goes out? Um, not on all buses. Not at all, but mm-hmm. you know, I've I've even seen that mm-hmm. from time to time, and it is very surprising because you you it just seems like common sense. Well, there's a school bus, you know, just stop. Yeah, it's yes, not yeah. that difficult. I, and was, I would say the the school zones as well. I we see officers patrolling. I see tons in the morning, um, as I make my way across town, and people are on their phone. In a school zone, and just a reminder that is against the law. It's against or the law spe- to be on your phone in a school zone uh, or speed uh, yeah. <laughs> or speeding. And so you know you are you're driving 15 miles an hour for a reason. There are lots of children who walk to school, especially in the mornings. I would say um, it's nice to see them all. When I see them, they're all on the sidewalk and they are just having the best time. But I don't think anything drives me crazier in the morning than seeing people go 30 down the road (laughs) now when it comes to behavior problems on school buses i would just kind of envision most of those really start at the middle school to high school level i I can't picture a lot of elementary primary age kids on the school bus causing too much of a problem well good for you and your innocence (laughs) yes (laughs) no our school our kids are great and Usually, if there's a problem, it's just because they've had a bad day or just, you know, kids, kids are, are exhausted. Kids and are tired. Kids. They're going to say things they shouldn't say or they're going to, you but know. Another benefit of having our bus aid. So yeah. the bus driver doesn't have to focus on those behavior problems. The bus aid yeah. can take those. And I think they have a really good system on each of our buses where they mm-hmm. have their assigned seats. They know where they're supposed to go. And if there is a problem, They'll move seats. They don't have to sit next to that person. So there's assigned seats now on the yes. buses. It okay. makes it easier getting on and off when you're and not having you know to worry where about where they yeah, are. Like, you know, this is where it is. It's for safety reasons. You, it's just yes. And at that point, you know, if you don't have to stop at that bus stop yeah. in the <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> you keep on moving. <laughs> now I, I know you mentioned you're hiring for school bus drivers. Mm-hmm. What about teachers? Is that still something you're trying to fill? More I think all of our with. teaching our, positions are they, filled right now, yes. so we don't have any. Now, we're hiring for next year, always. Yes. You know, there's always going to be next year. Uh, we are hiring for subs, um, so substitute teachers in our classrooms. And um, I will say the substitute teachers as well are our employees. Yes. So we do not have an agency, but they are Murfreesboro City School employees, and you get paid more for those hard-to-fill days. You get paid more for Fridays, Mondays, Mondays. Mm-hmm. And there's different levels. Um, so the base pay is $85 per day. And if you are a certified teacher, you get 95 And if you work 
for after a full 30 days, it can go up to $95 a day. Now, I know in the county schools, one of the county school board members recently proposed that all substitute teachers in the county school system get training for what to do in emergency situations. So I'm curious, in the city schools, do the substitute teachers have that training on what to do, you know, if there's an active shooter, if there's a tornado? Are, are they trained for those things? In, absolutely. In they are absolutely. Before they trained. go in the classroom, they are trained. <laughs> and yes. they are also um, given information at the school level mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, some so our schools are two stories, some are one story. So Yes, mm-hmm. they are fully trained, and we have training in our central office before they enter our mm-hmm. our school buildings. So the substitute teachers who you do have, are they assigned to certain schools, and they're always going to be at that no. school? No, they, they are not. They get to choose. Mm-hmm. I mean, some teachers, subs, some substitutes would choose to go to only one school, and that's certainly their choice. Uh, sometimes they want to choose in their neighborhood area. So you have a lot of those west side uh, uh substitute teachers who only want to teach in those four schools over there because it's just easier to get to work um but so they get to choose that so sometimes the answer would be yes and then sometimes it's like no it's everywhere and that's the reason that when we do our safety training there is a very broad safety training and then there's one more specific to that school and you have your neighboring teacher that will help you out as well. You know, that's always that here's your neighboring teacher that's going to help you throughout these processes. Are a lot of the substitutes retired teachers or are they no. folks who are retired and just wanting to do something extra? No, a lot of them are uh, just I think it depends. I think it's, we have it's all parents. Kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is all kinds of people who choose. They want to choose their own work schedule. That's mm-hmm. what happens mainly. It's it's someone who wants to work, but they want to choose the days they want to work. And as a substitute, you can choose that. You mm-hmm. can work one day a week or uh, five days, five a, days week. a week. Mm-hmm. And um, you also get to walk out the door whenever the bell rings. <laughs> uh, so you do have a, we do have quite a few that are certified or have their degree and other things, but maybe they have children still in school and they want to be off those days, uh, fall break and winter break and all of that kind of good stuff. So it really varies. There, there are retired folks. I, I'm just amazed. Like it's, it is a plethora of reasons to be a substitute teacher and we appreciate everyone. We also <laughs> have students who have graduated from MTSU before they go into their teaching degree. Yes. We'll also sub at different schools to see if, which one is the best fit for them as well. Sounds good. And if anybody wants to learn more, they can visit the city schools website, which is what? Cityschools.net. Sounds good. Again, Lisa Trail with us this morning and Tori Carr from the Murphy's Bro City Schools. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. At time right now, nine o'clock, coming up next, a look at the news, local news, and news around the nation. Ron Jordan first, then after that, CBS News. Again, nine o'clock, you're tuned to WGNS.